This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Always delighted to be joined by our next guest anchor at KDVR Fox 31 and host, by the way, of the Colorado Sports Night program, our friend Aaron Anderson. Make sure you follow Aaron on social at Aaron Anderson. That's A-R-R-A-N. And Anderson is the S-E-N. As a person who has to spell my name all the time, I totally get where you're at, Aaron. It's the way it works. But uh, it's, it's good to have you on. The Broncos hit the bye. Let's start there. Uh, they stood pat despite the fact it felt as if at least Jerry Judy was probably on the way out. Is this more, you think, because of the win over Kansas City or the reality that only Pat Sertan or Justin Simmons would bring them either first or second round picks? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, I always equate, first off, thanks for having me on. Anytime. Um, I always equate the trading deadline to a garage sale, right, where you spread all your stuff (laughs) on, on your driveway, you may have some things hanging right from the awning of your garage. You got tables and it's all ready to go. And people are perusing through all your things and stuff you want to get rid of. And there's always a car that pulls up and the people inside don't get out, but they just kind of slowly cruise by. They peruse what you have from a distance. And then they just slowly move on to the next one. And the message sent is your junk isn't worth our time. Yes. And <laughs> I feel like, Every one of these contenders certainly is going to go through every roster of the lower-end NFL teams and see if there's anybody there who fits. And, and not only personnel-wise, but, but salary-wise, and, and maybe even personality and, and what uh, they yes. might bring to the locker room. Yes. And so, for me, I felt like the only real piece that would move today would be Jerry Judy. But, boy, the, the whole Steve Smith saga that unfolded before that Thursday night game, I think, really shot that in the foot. And... I as do much too. as the Broncos may try to dress it up, I think the, the, the bottom line is I, I think this team maybe overvalues its players and, and the yeah. league maybe doesn't quite place the same value on the, 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 the few players that may have been enticing. You know, it would be enticing, Baron Browning would, but why would you want to trade him? Some of their younger players, and I, I'm not talking about first or second round picks, I'm talking about players who might be enticing and they're precisely the guys you don't want to trade that you're, mm. you're starting to build around. And I, I think that it hasn't been just the return of Simmons that has helped the defense, but it's been more recently the return of Baron Browning. And uh, he was especially impactful uh, the other day. And I know they're taking it easy with him. I criticize the Broncos for not playing certain guys a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can I can understand why Browning was out there for only fifty nine percent of the snaps the other day, but for the, uh, that number of snaps, he sure uh, had an impact. I, I want to run something by you because there are eleven teams out of thirty two in the NFL right now with records of three and five or worse, and I'm thinking none of those teams are making plans for the playoffs realistically. Indianapolis, the Raiders, the Broncos, and New England in the AFC, and in the NFC, Rams, Washington, Green Bay, Giants, Chicago, Carolina, Arizona. They were the teams, in some cases anyway, doing the selling today, but every one of those 11 teams, uh, even the Broncos who have won two games in a row and are feeling a lot better about themselves, at least on the defensive side of the ball, 
have to know that there's certainly no point in trying to bring players in at the trade deadline who are going to substantially change the trajectory of your season. And you hit on on it uh, in in your first uh, uh, statement that this day is a little bit overrated. It is. I, I mean, sometimes over the last oh seven or eight years, you'll see a trade yeah. that really helps. I was about somebody. to say the asterisk is unless you're the Forty ers Yeah, and the Forty ers <laughs> I thought did well today in getting Chase Young, but Chase Young's an underachiever. As is Montez Sweat, the other defensive lineman, a first-round pick who went to Chicago. And he's yeah. his contract's up at the end of the year. I don't know what the Bears are thinking about. But I, I thought the Broncos, I, I guess what I'm saying, I, I thought the Broncos were right to stand pat. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I did too. I, I don't think it makes any sense to move players just to move players. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that Sean Payton's been around a lot of these guys long enough to know which players fit his, his eye and which players don't. It, it's very likely that, that some of the guys that we thought were on the block or just certainly had the potential to move are pieces of the puzzle that he might like to keep around or perchance maybe their value increases if they have a good second half of the season. Yes, and then I you mean, trade them I, in the offseason. Absolutely. So, you know, to trade just to trade because there's some deadline at 2 o'clock on right. Halloween makes no right. sense. <laughs> right. And he, right. Some, somewhere Sean Payton's probably got his feet in sand and he's drinking a, you know, a fermented beverage and he's probably got a big smile on his face because, you know, he knows what he has returning. He knows what he's got uh, – to work with for the next nine games. And, you know, as we've all talked about for the last, what, eight, ten months, he's not going anywhere. So as much as I think Broncos country would have loved to have seen a splashy move and maybe you pick up a couple picks here and there, I think he knows what the big picture is. And, you know, this is going to be his team to mold. And the decision was made, you know what, let's stand pat and see where we can go with this season. Well, they're three and five now, and we look after the break. They they go to Buffalo on Monday night. Let's presume that's not going to go well. Yes, I know they beat Kansas City, but let's presume <laughs> that doesn't go well. But after that, look, uh, Minnesota made a trade to to get Joshua Dobbs, and that's a good move for them. But it's not that they're not the same team they were with oh, Kirk Cousins. Cleveland has been hit and miss. Cleveland's defense is world class, but their quarterback uh, seems to have gotten his money into who knows what it what he's going to do, and that's yeah. really hurt that team. They're hit and miss. Uh, Houston is promising and in the right direction, but the truth is they're not world beaters yet. Uh, the Chargers look pretty good, but they're still the Chargers. Uh-huh. Uh, but but still, I mean, all of a sudden you look at Minnesota, Cleveland, Houston, New England, and the Raiders. Guys, it's not impossible. There's five wins left on this schedule, uh, and maybe they end up stealing one. I'm not suggesting they get in the playoff mix. I don't. But this looked like a season where they were one and five a couple weeks ago, and now all of a sudden the idea of, Oh, seven, eight wins isn't really that outlandish and would be no. a statement for Sean Payton that they've got things moving in the right direction again. Yeah, and, and you know that's one of the wonderful things about beating a Chiefs team before you head into the bye, right? I mean, I think everybody's feeling good, and boy, did the temperature in the room change. I mean, three weeks ago, it was like, sell, 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 it's just blow this thing up. I, I think we could all agree that this team is probably not two or three pieces away from being a legitimate contender, that there's right. some work to do yeah. there. But a lot of work. as you look at the schedule, certainly, I mean, I, I think they may be six and six at one point, which was unfathomable a few weeks ago. And 
look, if they finish with seven or eight wins, I, I, I certainly think it's a victory. I'm really encouraged, certainly by what we've seen defensively, the, the, the change since that disaster in Miami and in the subsequent game in Chicago. You know, Vance Joseph's unit has really turned things around. And offensively, we've seen them ramp up the run game, which still has me scratching my head. I mean, I, I thought this is what we would see from day one, was a, a, a real commitment to running the football, taking, you know, a, a lot of the, 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 the workload away from Russell Wilson and, and, and just kind of playing rock and sock and football and just see where the chips, you know, fall. But, gosh, over the last three weeks, I, I think there's reason for optimism, and there's certainly reason to believe as you look at, at the landscape of the, the AFC West. I mean, my gosh, you're done with Kansas City. The Raiders are a mess. The Chargers, every game they hit the field, you don't know what you're going to get, and certainly Staley's going to be on the hot seat as well. Um, there's no reason to believe this this team couldn't finish in second place in the division, which which I think would be a huge leap. So, yeah, I think there's reason to be optimistic, and um, I'm actually – there's people that are disappointed that the buy fell where it, it did. I think it was a great time, great time to to, to, to regroup and recharge tough game at Buffalo, but after that, I mean, it's conceivable they could win three of yeah. maybe the next five games. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's yeah. really possible. I, I, I don't know that I'm quite ready uh, to go there yet. Uh, I mean, some of the teams you mentioned uh, have uh, quarterback issues, but they're really good teams otherwise. I, I don't know how the Broncos handle Cleveland. I don't know how they put a point up unless Cleveland turns it over a zillion uh, times, but a- anyway, uh, I I do think they were right to more or less stick with uh, what they had going. But you brought up Wilson, and the curious thing about Wilson is that I guess if you're to critique his season, the harshest critique you could give him is that the head coach has no trust in him and absolutely no confidence in him whatsoever. Nine of the 19 passes he threw the other day, only seven of which came in the second half, and the game is close, only threw seven times. But nine of the 19 passes he threw were thrown behind the line of scrimmage, didn't travel past the line of scrimmage. I mean, you're you're paying somebody next year $40 million to do that? I mean, Jarrett Stidham could do that if that's all. It, and I agree with you on on the question of their having said back in August will be a power running team, and until the other day they really weren't. Right. And they finally played to what they said their identity would be in week eight. But it it still I think is the biggest question surrounding this team. And I want to get your opinion as to whether they've already answered that question. I think they have. Russell Wilson will not be here in 2024. I, I think you're dead on. And um, I just I, I can't see them making that commitment. You know, if, if there's a way for them to somehow bite the bullet and, and take the cap hit next year and, and, and move on, I, right. I think, as, right. as we've seen and as you've alluded, Russell Wilson, how many deep balls has he thrown? I mean, that that was his bread and butter. What so, was it, Sean? Four? The there other were four day, that, that went 20 yards. But the interesting part is he completed two of them and one drew a pass interference. Three, yeah. three out of the what? four attempts downfield were successes. But that, that's Zach Wilson stuff, where you're no. protecting the team yeah. from the quarterback. It feels like it. That's Zach Wilson well, and, stuff. 
And, and, and to be really honest with you, I, I felt like, you know, if, as much as everybody wants to, to applaud the victory, and, and certainly beating the Chiefs for the first time in eight years deserves some applause, I, I felt like Russell Wilson, there was just, there were points in the game where there was just no situational awareness. Like, for instance, if we go back to the disaster, which was the last possession before halftime, I mean, the yeah. worst case scenario is you turn the football over and coming out of a timeout for him to be stripped from behind and cop the football up. I mean, it's just those things are inexcusable. And I think Sean Payton has seen a large enough sample size to know this is not Drew Brees. This isn't <laughs> yes. the guy I can hitch my, <laughs> my wagon to. He's going to take me to the promised land. That's not what we're working with here. And I think the real question, as you alluded, is what, what's next? Because if you cut bait, are we drifting back to the Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, Case Keenum days? Yeah. I mean, what what is Plan B? And and that's that has obviously yet to reveal itself. Well, that's it's not Caleb Williams. To watch. Hey, we know that no. it's not well, Caleb that, Williams. That's, or it's uh, not that's Drake what May. I wanted to ask you about. Because the picks are going to they're going to draft too low if, for that. If, if you guys are right, and I don't know about seven or eight wins, but even six, six takes them out. That takes them out. I mean, they're not going to be able to. I, I know there are a lot of good quarterbacks coming out. I say a lot, as in more than two. But I'll tell you, they're going to be gone. Even if you have a top 10 pick, if you don't have a top five pick, you're out of luck. You're, you're not getting the guy from North Carolina. You know, no. you're, not, you're never going to get Caleb Williams anyway. Uh, Shador Sanders is not coming out. Nope. So where do you go from Williams? And, yes, there are two or three others you could use. They'll be gone. If you yeah. win even six games, they'll be five games. They'll be gone. You won't be drafting in the top five with five wins. No, but uh, as we, we talked about earlier, the Broncos should pack. I mean, maybe there are some players they could package to get that guy. And, you know, that the Penix kid from Washington. I like him a yeah. lot. Actually. I love him. I, I, I love him, but I he'll really, be gone. He's top five. He's uh, he, top five well, pick. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I agree. Listen, that, <laughs> that's the quandary, right? The more wins you pile up, the, the, the further back you are from really grabbing that quarterback of the future. That's reality. And, you know, that, that's really the situation here because you're, the salary for Russell Wilson, that would be going to a guy who is your franchise quarterback of the future. And, and I think we all agree that, that Russell Wilson is not that guy. So, all this stuff is, is going to be fascinating to watch how it unfolds because, again, we, we've already seen how this works if you don't have a quarterback. That's what's really gone on for the last eight years. So at some point they're going to have to address it, and the sooner the better. But uh, <laughs> I, I just I, I can't imagine Russell Wilson comes back based on the amount of money that he's due and the, the level of quarterbacking that we've seen thus far. And the level of trust that Sean Payton clearly has in him. He is Aaron Anderson. Make sure you give him a follow on social at Aaron Anderson. Anchor over at KDVR Fox 31 and, of course, host of Colorado Sports Night every single night, weeknight over on Channel 2 as well. Aaron, always good to talk to you every time I, I look at the clock and I'm like, oh, man, we're, we're done. we gotta, we got to go. So, But hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you soon enough. I, I hope so. Wonderful to chat with you both, and uh, have a good afternoon. All right. Thanks, thanks Aaron. Appreciate it. And it is uh, sometimes, Sandy, when you're talking about that, it is that it's this mindset, and the Broncos have a good mindset coming out of this win, and the idea, of course, is to build upon it. It is. And uh, I, I think from the neck up, the Broncos are in much better shape 
they they played with real confidence and calm and poise on defense. Remember, early in the first half, not only were they getting uh, early in the first half of the season just shredded week after week, they, they were committing stupid penalty after stupid penalty after stupid penalty, and that's a neck-up issue. And maybe even for the defensive coordinators who we discussed yesterday, uh, there has been a change in that regard because uh, we all know Vance Joseph has uh, uh, been involved with Dr. Rick Perea. They're good friends, and uh, we've seen uh, uh, Rick uh, uh, critique Vance a little bit during the course of the season, particularly during the preseason. Uh, get your checkup from the neck up here on Mile High Sports every Monday at 5 p.m. from Dr. Rick Perea, the outstanding performance psychologist whom I've known for more than a decade now. He's the former psychologist of the world champion Broncos back in 2015. He's worked with the Rockies. He's worked with the now world champion Denver Nuggets. He helps middle and high school performers to reach peak levels and so whether you're an everyday performer at work, at play, or at school, call Dr. P today at 720-287-0933. That's 720-287-0933. Or look him up at Dr. P at think1number4u.org. That's think1for u.org. Well, talking about situations in which uh, you've got to get your head right, the Colorado Buffaloes, if not free fall, it's close. And there's questions about the offensive line. Those have been there all year. Deion Sanders comes in hard on them. And, of course, then there was some apparent thievery at the Rose Bowl as well. We'll hear a little bit from Coach Rhyme about that and talk about what's next for the Buffs next on Miley Sports. Werewolves of London again. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. This is the only song that Michael Jackson ever sang back up on. His entire career. He's a childhood friend back in uh, Gary, Indiana. Just kind of helped out his, his buddy he grew up with. That was it. Only time he's ever sung back up. That's nice when you can call that in back in the 80s. Like, I kind of need a voice for the back. Oh, I know who I could call him. Maybe the biggest star in the world. That would work. That one and only time there. Rockwell. Put that. The Colorado Buffalo situation has become uh, fraught. <laughs> I mean, what are you looking at? It's, it's, uh, it's bad right now. It's bad. The uh, college football rankings actually just came out as we speak. And no surprises there. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, Oregon in the top six. The- All six teams could be national champions. Yes, yes. And, and then I think that's where the drop-off hits when you get to the Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma. I think that's tougher. Uh, Air Force does make that. At 25, they make the uh, the college football playoffs ranking. They are ranked higher than that, of course, in in the AP and the coaches Correct. polls. But this Correct. is the computer poll, boast based on you know the odds of winning the likelihood of winning the whole thing, trying to rank that. And I think we understand that as as good as Air Force is, uh, they're not going to win the whole thing, and they're not going to make the college football playoff. They are interestingly uh, 
But when you're talking about those first five teams, only those first five teams and the 25th team are the only unbeaten teams in the ranking. Let's, let's take a look at uh, some speculation, though, on what kind of bowl game they might be in. And ESPN runs every week yeah, their a bowl list projections. of uh, bowl participants yeah. and how they might work out. And I think Air Force, if they remain undefeated, will be either playing a school like Texas on December 30th at the Peach Bowl, or how about this? Air Force Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl hmm. on New Year's Day. Two teams if that Oregon can run doesn't make the, the college rock. football. Uh, you know, and <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I would not necessarily think Air Force could win either game, but that's the company they're keeping. Yeah on the basis of having an unbeaten team so far this year and maybe the best Air Force team of all time. CSU was projected this week for a December 16th match in uh, something called the Core Bowl, which I've never heard. Uh, whatever. You have it, 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 against they, Marshall. but They weren't expected to be in a bowl. I'll so tell I'm you what. There is some sense that maybe they will win six games. And... Uh, let's see, on December 16th, Wyoming against Eastern Michigan, New Mexico Bowl. But on December 30th, perhaps Wyoming against Northern Illinois in the Arizona Bowl. So uh, this was the first week or maybe the second that I didn't see CU included. Well, the problem for CU protection. is they have now uh, lost four of their last five games. And uh, you want consistency across the polls, number 16 in the coaches' poll, number 16 in the AP poll, and number 16 in the new college football playoff rankings, Oregon State. Speaking of a team that can run the football, a problem for Colorado, obviously. Of course, Colorado's got problems left and right. They've now lost four of five. Uh, This is not a game that is a good matchup for CU. In fact, it's a disastrous matchup because you have a team that can absolutely dominate on the ground and control time of possession. It's a problem. For CU, the the challenges are on both of their lines. We're, we're aware of that. That's not new. It shouldn't have been news to anyone with CU. And yes, they have a five-star recruit coming in for an official visit on Saturday night. That's a good sign. But let's work in inverse order here because I know there were some complaints that you had with the way Dion handled his criticism of his line, but also a weird situation. And from his press conference uh, today, talking about the theft of some player possessions uh, and apparently even some coaching possessions from CU in the Rose Bowl. Uh, it's a longer segment, but we want you to be able to hear it from Dion Sanders. I would expect the NCAA to do something about that. Um, these are college kids. Um, I'm pretty sure they don't think about insurance at this point in this juncture in their life, we've, we've talked about NILs and how to really maintain their finances. We've pretty much uh, given them financial planners and, and, and given them the resources for that. But the insurance part of it, we slipped. And we didn't uh, really educate them on that. So I wish, uh, I know the kids would be forthright in what was stolen and some of our just uh, staff members as well. And now all that stuff should be replaced. This is the Rose Bowl. They said the granddaddy of them all, right? I'm sure granddaddy has some money. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, that's uh, a good line. That's a good line. And uh, look, at the, there's a couple ways to think about this. I get it. You know, if you have something really expensive and maybe it's not the time to bring it to the stadium and then, the, but it, it's the same thing. You know, I, I've, I've joked about this a little bit. We talked about it a bit when Dr. Rick Perea was in here yesterday and it was in between segments on the commercial break, but it's the same thing. You know, I, uh, I don't walk around downtown at night with hundred dollar bills hanging out of my pockets at the same time. It's still not okay for someone to rob you. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, that there's an in-between. I appreciate Dion saying, you know, talking about, and with, uh, I think a little bit of a remorse you could hear in his voice mm-hmm. talking about how we, we talked about financial planners. We mm-hmm. talked about those things, but you know, in his line was we slipped when not thinking about telling these kids about insurance and things like that too. And, um, it speaks to a larger. This is another phase of the reality of yes. NIL. Yes, this yes. these these things are yeah. going to have to be part of the equation, and I, I I think you could hear it in in Dion's voice. Is like, okay, we've we've added that list. We're gonna have to deal, tell these kids, hey, did you buy something? Did you insure it? Did you make sure you you know you did something to protect it? Do you really, they're gonna have to think about that now. And it, certainly, I hope they get their things back, or I hope they get reimbursed for it. But it, it does speak to a larger issue that uh, not just CU, every school that that has an NIL money coming in, and that would be every school that we just talked about in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, this is the new reality, and it has to be navigated as such. I love the Rose Bowl. Uh, I have been to the Rose Bowl. Uh, I've been in Rose Bowl locker rooms. I've been to the Rose Bowl, but not the locker rooms. But I suspect, given the age of the Rose Bowl, they may be somewhat outdated. <laughs> to say they are outdated... To say they are small, to say that they are virtually uninhabitable would be accurate. It is, in spite of its stature, and I love the Rose Bowl. I said years ago, and I've stuck to this fairly consistently, I wish the Super Bowl were played at the Rose Bowl every year. And I understand why it's not. Because they don't have a lot of skyboxes. Sky I know they've yep. added a few, but it isn't really. It, it's beautifully constructed. It is, in fact, a bowl. There are no bad seats no. at the Rose Bowl. My brother has been to the Rose Bowl game itself, right? On several occasions. He loves watching games at the Rose Bowl. But I wouldn't put five dollars in a locker room i don't care who is supposedly guarding it It, it's it's so easy to infiltrate it's old it's small it and no i mean it's a it's a hundred year old building hundred year old building that seats a hundred thousand people and you're you're asking a security guard or two to kind of keep an eye on on the locker room during the game it just uh this it, it isn't a facility that is particularly safe. There's great parking. It's a beautiful scene. It's a little hard to get to, but it's, it's... It's somewhat hard to get to. But, but it's a great place. It's, it's a great place. Um, I, you know, I, I, I feel for the kids, and I'm sure in some form or fashion they will be reimbursed, uh, have the items stolen, replaced. Um, and and for members of the coaching staff were also robbed. Yeah. Uh, I hope uh, the same uh, thing happens. I, it doesn't sound like Dion was one of those people. No, it didn't sound like um, it. 
but he did talk about his assistance. And he did not probably. Been we didn't hear all of that, but he mentioned that at, at one point Bowl. at Jackson State, it yeah. actually occurred. Oh, it for, did for uh, his okay. for yeah. some of his things okay. that that happened okay. at one point yeah. too. So these are concerns. Well, I mean, it's not concerns. There now. are people pe- doing their yes. best, but there's a lot of people going in and out oh, of locker rooms during a game absolutely. on on game day. A lot. And if you're a player, you're not often thinking about that. You're you're gonna assume your stuff is safe. But the you know Where college was the is Brady is jersey amateurs. stolen. That was Minnesota, wasn't it? I thought it was Minnesota. It's an indoor yeah. facility. It's the Super Bowl. You'd think they'd have security, right? Right. And even that happened. And even that happened. And now they finally caught the guy. Yeah. But but yes, it. Yeah, happened. Remember, this has worked. A it lot happened. of the stuff in college so, games is worked by students. It's worked I, by guys. I also want to add that that's that's the good Deion Sanders right. That's the Deion Sanders that everybody can admire, and that's the Deion Sanders slipped. We, we I slipped want on my insurance. son to play for. That's great. I, that was great. But, as you've pointed out, um, there was a flip side that wasn't so good after the well, lines. I mean, and look, the <laughs> I, I, I'm saying this only partially tongue-in-cheek. The way the Buffaloes played offensive line against UCLA set the sport back 50 oh, years. I, yeah, maybe it was Keystone Cops. Maybe stuff. An, until the next day when and, you saw the New York Giants set right. offense back seven. They're professionals, yeah. uh, and these are these are kids. Yeah. But uh, and I think there are larger questions that are going to have to be asked at the end of the year about the coaching as well, especially on the line. But it was the comments that that uh, really yeah. bothered you, and, and I get why. I I, I want to provide some context for this, and I'm going to read very briefly from David Eubens' fine column in the Athletic mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, and. Eubin has been following CU all year and has been, some might say, over the top in his praise for Deion Sanders. But you would not get that sense from reading this piece. Here it goes. This is his lead. Just nine Colorado scholarship players remain from last year's team. Two are starters along the Buffs' offensive line. Coach Deion Sanders added three more from the transfer portal this offseason. But through eight games, the group has been the biggest flaw on a team with plenty of them. After Saturday's 28-16 loss to UCLA at the Rose Bowl, a game in which no Colorado running back had a carry for more than 10 yards, the team's leading rusher had 14 yards, and quarterback Shadur Sanders was sacked seven times, a reporter asked Coach Prime the big-picture way to keep his quarterback upright and healthy. Sanders said, the big picture, you go get new linemen. That's the picture and I'm going to paint it perfectly. The Buffaloes ranked last among FBS teams in yards per carry, in part because Shadur Sanders has been sacked 42 times. I think CU's been sacked 42 times. I think it's 41 with Shadur, right. to be perfectly accurate about it. It's plenty. Only yeah. Old Dominion has surrendered more sacks this But no year. quarterback's been sacked more. Correct. Colorado has just five runs longer than 20 yards this season. Shadur Sanders has three of them, scrambling on broken plays. Since the day Deion Sanders arrived in Colorado and warned his team he was bringing his luggage to Boulder, he has made it clear when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it, so it stands to reason. His comments Saturday night were not a metaphor, not a motivational tactic, or an exaggeration. Excuse me. But there's one problem with the plan. This isn't the NFL. There's no waiver wire. Right. You know, the, I, I think of the, the, the old quote that, uh, you know, famously, and it's funny when it's quippy and I get it. You know, it's, it's still been decades and decades and decades. John McKay of the former 
you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers right. famously said, you know, what would you ask about your team's, was asked, what do you think your team's execution today? And he famously said, I'm in favor right. of it. Yeah. Good joke. Different joke when you're dealing with professionals and when you're dealing with collegiate players. And, and even then. And it still rubbed guys the wrong way, then, I'm sure. It ticked off a lot of coaches. I can only imagine. Including those on the staff who had been longtime friends and allies of Coach John McKay. Yeah. He lost a lot of people that day. you got to be and careful. not just players. And he was talking about an NFL team. But it was an NFL expansion team, for goodness right. sake. It ain't USC. You're not coaching USC anymore. So even that comment, it was funny in a sense, yeah. I guess. But it wasn't funny to the players, and it wasn't funny to no. the coaches either. And I think that's the challenge. And, and and Deion Sanders needs to keep in mind with this too. Now, now look, I, I'll say this: it is inverted, right? If if you're if you're building an NFL team, you, the smartest way to do it has historically been top to bottom, and there's no question about it. Go look at the teams that are good; it's the same. Build an offensive line, build a defensive line, build from the line of scrimmage, build out from the line of scrimmage. Just a quick interjection: Mike Shanahan came here. The first two things he did was load up on defensive linemen and right. offensive linemen. Lineman. First thing, linemen. In college, it's a little bit backwards because it's harder to recruit the linemen until because linemen, by the, by, right, what do we talk about? If everything goes well, you don't talk about them. So if they, and guys who want to go to the pros and they understand they're going to go to a good program and then hopefully be invisible. So their visibility is driven by the success of the offense that they're a part of. So it's it's a little inverted in college. You can do what the Buffs have done. You get the quarterback, you get the wide receivers, you get the explosive players, and then you say, hey, look, you block for these guys, look what's going to happen. You block for Shadur Sanders and for Travis Hunter, everything's good, the good things will happen, and maybe that will work. But that's always it was always a process, and it was always going to be a process, and there are times, I think, where Sanders is learning that it's a little harder than he expected. Now, given his remarkable athletic career of which yes at times he did run into hardship i presume he will figure it out but there is a learning process you might have to bite your lip a couple times while you're figuring this thing out because this is going to get worse in the short term before it's going to get better under any circumstances yes. the bus can yes. lose out and the season will be a success lose out season will be a success now it won't get reported like that because they're going to look it at the won't. record overall it but it will be a success but they might lose out. And Dion and the staff up there have to understand you're going to have to take your lumps for that because you puffed your chest out when you were 3-0. and Yes. And so, if you finish 4-8. and eight, Now the hard work starts. And even if you finish 5-7, and seven, if you don't win those yeah. six games, there will be a price to pay. There will be. And you're going to have to develop a little bit of a thicker skin and don't pile on the kids, whether the NIL money allows them to spend a lot of it or not. You're going to have to build that way and the hard work begins uh, it's not as if the early part wasn't hard but you took the shortcut with Dion. it worked out but now the regular stuff works you can't just basically kind of sort of cut guys like you did last year the first year eligibility goes away the world series took a very interesting mm. turn this afternoon we'll talk about that and a little bit more about what's going on in the world of sports next on Miley sports This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports.
Happy Halloween. Why don't you you give one of your friends a a treat today? Refer a friend, by the way, and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook Sports. Superbook's the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you don't want to miss their Refer a Friend bonus. All you need to do is click the Refer a Friend link under your profile in the Superbook app. Share that promo code with your friends, and then you get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers using your code. So win money registering and win money referring this season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, Sandy, news this afternoon that Adolis Garcia, the uh, just phenomenal player for the Texas Rangers, and I think the best player in this World Series, uh Suffering from an oblique injury, and now the now the reports removed from the roster. Yeah, yeah. uh, With Ezekiel Perez expected to replace him, that is a uh, that's a disastrous hit Uh, for for the Rangers. It is, and the Rangers are ahead two games to one. But this is disastrous uh, for them. He's the hottest hitter in the playoffs. Uh, I was watching MLB Network last night, and I I don't always do this, but I was flipping around. And I, I wasn't aware of this, and I should have been. Albert Pujols is doing commentary, on-site commentary for the MLB Network. And naturally, they asked the great slugger about Garcia. And Pujols says, I've had that injury. If it's an oblique, he's done. Well, you can't From swing. Serious. I mean, you have, you have to think where that and oblique is. And I said, is. well, you why can't, can't you, you, can't you, swing. Uh, you know, do some things to... Uh, lessen the pain and so and he cut him off. Whoever the anchor was, you can't swing. You can't throw. Off. If it's on he the wrong said, side, you, you can't, can't throw either. Can't, he said, "It, it, forget about any any of that. You can't function as a hitter. You can't do anything with an oblique injury." Now he said, "They they said after the game, well, it was some tightness and it was precautionary that they took him out." And Poole well, said, that, "I knew that wasn't true because I've had that injury." And you can't play with it. You, you certainly can't swing with it. Now, uh, yeah, could they make him a DH? Sure, but that you can't swing. Can't swing. You can't swing with that. He's done for the series. It's a terrible break uh, for the Rangers. And you know they got the game pretty much salted away. He comes up. He takes a big cut, which he has a tendency to do. And he sustains the injury. And, uh, yes, uh, Albert Pujols spoke with great conviction and obviously with expertise. And he he was very definitive. He was not wishy-washy in the least. He said he's done from what I saw, he said, he's done for the series. Max Scherzer also done for the series. Garcia replaced by Ezekiel Duran, as I mentioned. Scherzer will be replaced by Brock Burke. Uh, they're allowed to replace those players right. due to injury, but they are both out for the remainder of the World Series. Uh, I mean, that's that's a blow. Obviously. They're going to have to find a way to win one of the next two in Arizona and try to scratch one out at home uh, without them and, and ride the home crowd. Uh, they'll have home field for game six and seven. Uh, we know now that uh, unless the Rangers win the next two, which I would say is highly unlikely, uh, there will be a six game back in Arlington. I think they got to win, find a way to win one more. They need one more great pitching performance in Phoenix, and then they'll have to figure out a way because they won't have Scherzer. 
to pitch again in this series. They'll have to find a way to ham and egg it uh, in maybe a seventh game. Uh, you know, I, Scherzer, Scherzer's fine for four or five innings, but even the great boost, Bochy had to pull some rabbits out of his hat even yeah. last night to protect that 3-1 lead. And he, he did it expertly, and he took the gamble in the eighth inning on what they're calling now, and I think it's a good line, the Araldus Chapman experience, <laughs> which can be filled with uh, booby traps. Yeah, there's some adventure and, involved and there, for it sure. it looked for a while in the eighth inning as if they'd have to put LeClerc in for the eighth and the ninth, which would have taken him out of being able to pitch in at least one of the next two games. Well, Chapman got a double play ball and got out of the inning without being scored upon. So they were able to save LeClerc for the ninth. LeClerc worked well in the ninth, didn't throw a lot of pitches, so he should be available tonight, but they've got to be able to get to him. Uh, missing Scherzer, obviously, will be no factor tonight, but missing Garcia could be. It's just a huge blow, and it puts real pressure on uh, the top two guys in the order including uh, Corey Seager, who's been who's, tremendous. Who looks ready He's to carry tremendous, the load. And maybe he can carry him. Uh, but uh, this, to me, this makes it a 50-50 series at best from the Rangers. Well, and it may very quickly turn into that first pitch in just about 10 minutes out in Arizona. Andrew Heaney will take the mound for the Rangers. Joe Mantiply for the Diamondbacks. And uh, we'll see if this gets tied up. It's uh, it's an it's an interesting one because of the the teams you know the way Diamondbacks eighty four wins. It's Both teams of, are resilient too. They are, and it's it's and they're an more dangerous one. after they lose. It is. I'm 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 fascinated. It really has been. You know, I don't care about the ratings. It's funny people worry about ratings like like it's their television station. <laughs> <laughs> like who, who cares? Who cares? Like it's good. It's entertaining. You I like, like sports. It. I yeah, like it. it's it's a fascinating. Series. I, I we'll thought see it was it better. Goes. It was a hell of a lot better than Monday Night Football game last night. And I understand Monday Night Football will beat the World Series. Of course. I get that. But for me, as a sports fan, with no stake in either game, a slight rooting interest in the Rangers, maybe, I prefer the baseball game. Yeah, That's I, just me. I, I'm intrigued tonight. We'll find out. It's been a fun uh, show today, obviously. A lot going on. The Broncos stand pat at the uh, deadline, and uh, we'll find out what happens in the World Series tonight. Thanks to Aaron Anderson from Fox 31 uh, joining us. Always great to talk to Aaron. You can follow him on social media at Aaron Anderson. And tomorrow we'll have Ryan Blackburn joining us a little bit about the uh, Denver Nuggets as they'll get underway again tomorrow for their uh, first game in a three games out of four nights. So we'll lay yeah. out. All of those with Ryan tomorrow. Thanks to all of you uh, for listening, whether it was on uh, FM or HD or MileySports.com, or you made it easy on yourself and got the Mile High Sports app. Danny Bailey's in the booth making everything work. He's got like eight computer screens. He's jumping back and forth through all the time. I don't even know how he does it. It's crazy. I have one, and I can barely pay attention to it. But thanks to Danny for making everything happen. We'll be back in just about 22 hours and change, but we have to step aside. For Sandy Cloth, I'm Sean Drotar. You, however, are more than welcome. I highly recommend you stay right here on Miley Sports. I cut the-